The Sobe Art Award is Canada's most prestigious contemporary art prize, bringing national and international attention to Canadian artists age 40 and under. Stephanie Kamalang was the winner for 2019, picking up the $100,000 top prize. Learn more about Stephanie and the four Sobe finalists in the two-part series, The New Masters on CBC Ideas. For more information about the award, visit www.gallery.ca slash Sobe. This is a CBC Original Podcast. I slammed on the brakes and nearly slid into the ditch. My girlfriend and I were sitting there in the dark with the engine ticking like some kind of bomb. From CBC Original Podcasts, this is Love Me, a show about the messiness of human connection. I'm Lou. Today's episode, Howl. My friend Robbie is an alcoholic, and um, he went in and out of rehab several times. And one time, his boyfriend Doug and I decided that he needed a clean slate. We had this idea that if he came back from rehab and just went back to the same dingy, depressing apartment, he would just start drinking again. So we scoured the place. And then we repainted his entire apartment. I remember the kitchen was painted this beautiful orange. We painted the bedroom a light periwinkle blue. And the living room was a creamy yellow. We thought it was so optimistic. But he never stopped drinking. He lost his job and he lost that apartment and ended up moving in with his parents in their basement. Doug and I laugh about it now, how naive it was. But at the time, we wanted to know that we tried everything we could. We were together for six years. I did everything I could to get him to stay. But he left me, and I crashed. I went on antidepressants, and I started to really isolate myself. And I just spent the time crying and longing and rechecking Facebook. Maybe he's changed his status back to in a relationship with me. (laughs) After months of this, I was talking to my mother on the phone and she said, Amelia, you need another heartbeat in the house. And that's when I started the search. I wanted something that needed me maybe as much as I needed them. Finally, about four months into my search, every single day looking, I go into this foster home for dogs, and I see her. This tiny, little, brown, overweight chihuahua with two broken legs. She had just given birth to her sixth litter of puppies. 
and they had given her a hysterectomy. She had been a puppy mill mom, and this little dog had escaped. And I I like to imagine how she had done it. You know, after years of forced captivity, she one night crawled through a little chain-link fence and ripping her flesh along the way, and she found herself free, and she found herself in this wet ditch at the bottom of a busy highway, and she came looking for me. And actually what had happened is someone found her walking alongside this busy highway with milk dripping from her teats. The vet said this is a very high-maintenance dog, and you have to commit to taking care of her medically, and this is how much it's going to cost, and this is a, a pretty big commitment. Can you do it? And that was exactly what I was looking for. I went to my friend's house who had just had a baby, and I borrowed her wrap, and I tied her to my body, and she nestled into my armpit, her little nose, and her two long, broken legs sticking out the side of me as I held her like a baby. And I can feel her heartbeat beating against mine. And from that moment on, we didn't separate. I named her Midge because she was so tiny. I'd say, Midge, lick my nose. And she would lick my nose. I carried her to work. I slept with her in my bed. I had her with me on the toilet. I did not leave this dog alone for a single moment, which is exactly what Midge needed. You know, like she needed to have someone finally stick up for her. I learned what, like, fierce love felt like. And through fiercely loving Midge, I began taking really good care of myself. Because it's really hard to make unhealthy choices if you have to be home every four hours to walk your pooch. And no, you know what? I don't want to go dancing to try and find another boyfriend because Midge doesn't like it when I leave her alone. So we cuddled. We chilled out. And it was so nice to come home to another heartbeat in the house. And I started to feel happy again. Midge became part of all aspects of my life. I'm a theater maker. I started writing her into my plays. In one show, I passed her around the audience of 200 people, and they would pet her and pass her around. This other time, I had her backstage in the green room, and... Uh, the audience broke out into hysterical laughter. I thought, of course, it's because I'm a comedic genius. But then I turned around and realized Midge had snuck out of the green room and was on stage with me, just sitting there, just watching me perform. Ten years later, she has no teeth, She has cataracts in her eyes. I've moved about a hundred times since then. I've been through the same amount of boyfriends. And she was this constant in my life. I still carried her in my bag. She still slept on my pillow. And I picked Midge up and I asked her to lick my nose. And she would lick my nose. Then I met someone. And I fell in love. I knew it was the one because he took just as good care of Midge as I did. He would take her for walks in the morning, and he would come home early from work because she needed company. And that really solidified for me that 
this was my husband. So we got pregnant, and I had a baby. And things immediately changed. Midge got really mad. She woke us up every single night with this high-pitched screaming. She'd poo and pee all over the rugs until we had to throw them all out. She would try and sit between me and the baby while the baby was breastfeeding. She would growl at the baby. She just hated this new thing in the house. And then when this new thing started to crawl around, he'd pet her and poke her and pull Midge's tail, and she would attack him. Just after my baby started crawling, I got pregnant again, and I had a second baby. I then found out that my mother had cancer, and it was terminal, and she was dying. So now there's two crawling babies pulling on Midge's tail, and she was biting my children's faces, drawing blood. And I'm trying to talk with my mother every single night on the phone and be there for her. And one night, Midge wakes us all up screaming, this high-pitched chihuahua scream. And my husband, my stoic, patient husband, started to cry. And he said, I can't deal with this dog anymore. And that's when I realized I have to get rid of Midge. And I would ask friends, hey, you want an old, terrible dog? (laughs) Hey, do you want a high-maintenance dog with no teeth? No one really picked up on the chance. So my downstairs neighbors had their mother come to visit. And she was an older woman who lived in Ottawa. And I was taking Midge out for her walk. And this older woman looked at Midge and she said, that's my dog, I want that dog. And it felt like this angel had descended. Within a day and a half, after I had met this woman, I gave Midge to her. And she promised me, she said... I have 30 acres, I have two other dogs, they would love to meet Midge. I feed her chicken that I've cooked fresh every single day. She's going to have a wonderful, wonderful rest of her life. And I felt like, okay, this is the perfect situation. This, This is definitely the right thing to do. And I would phone this woman weekly, how is Midge doing? And she would tell me Midge is doing wonderful. She sleeps on the bed next to me. She's happy. She's frolicking. And that would make me feel a little bit better. So then my family and I traveled to Ottawa for work. And we had about half an hour before we had to be at the airport. And I decided I needed to see Midge one last time. So we drove to this woman's house, and everything about what this woman had told me was untrue. The house was on a highway, there was no 30 acres, and the minute I walked in, all I heard was dogs yapping and screaming, and they were attacking Midge, and Midge was cowering. And the minute Midge saw me, she ran to me. She ran and she leapt into my arms. And I was petting Midge and I was looking at her and she was sitting shaking in my arms. And I thought back to 
how I had healed her and in turn she had healed me and she had seen me through heartbreak and loss and she had been there the whole time and I took her into the bathroom and I sat on the toilet and I looked at her and she looked at me I can take Midge and I can run I can take her home and I opened the door and I saw the doggy bag in the corner and I started walking towards it And then I heard one of my babies start to cry in the car. And I said, Midge, lick my nose. And she didn't lick my nose. Because she knew. I put her down. And I walked towards the door. I can't have a dog that bites. I have two kids. My mom is dying. My husband has specifically requested that this is too much for him. Blah, blah, blah. So I, I left. I didn't look back. I got in the car, and I just started to howl. Just bawl like Midge used to do as we drove away. Six months later, I got a phone call. Midge had died. I know now that even when times are the most difficult, don't let go. Every cell in my body that day wanted to grab her and run. And I should have listened to my gut. Being a mother and being a wife doesn't mean you lose everything that came before that. She was with me before any of them. And she deserved to be with me until the end. What kind of bird is that? An owl? What kind of bird was that? <laughs> Another owl. Well, that one was too quick and small to be an owl. What was it? A quick and small owl. One night when I was 16... I was driving around with my girlfriend up on Little Falls Flat, and this 
barn owl swooped down over the road, maybe 50 feet or so in front of us. And it came flying straight towards our windshield. That was huge. Pterodactyl size. And my girlfriend screamed. And, well, I screamed too because that thing was heading straight for us. But you know what I did? I slammed on the gas and I sped toward that owl. Do you know why I did that? Because you wanted to play chicken with the owl? Exactly. So, what happened? When we were maybe a second from smashing into each other, that owl just flapped its wings just barely. What's a better word than flap? What's a word that still means flap, but a smaller flap? Hmm. How about... slants? Oh yes, that's pretty good. So like I was saying, as that owl was just about to smash into our windshield, it slanted its wings, and it slanted up into the dark. And it was so friggin' amazing, you know? I just slammed on the brakes and nearly slid into the ditch. And my girlfriend and I were sitting there in the dark with the engine. Tick, tick, ticking, like some kind of bomb, but an existential bomb. Like it was just measuring out the endless nothingness of our lives because that owl had nearly touched us, but was gone forever. And I said something like, that was magnificent. And my girlfriend, you want to know what she said? She said something like, I'm breaking up with you. Damn, that's exactly what she said. <laughs> and I asked her, why are you breaking up with me? And do you know what she said? She said, I'm breaking up with you because you are not an owl. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? I have never stopped thinking about her. It's been 27 years. And I still miss her. Why is that? <laughs> Brother, you don't miss her. You miss the owl. Birdwatching at Night, performed by Glenn Gould and Tristan D. Lala. It was written by Sherman Alexi. 
Sherman's latest book is a memoir called You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. Special thanks to recording engineers Richard Fortin and Ben Leggett. You also heard Amelia Symington Fetty. Amelia is the writer, performer, and creator of TryingToBeGood.com. She'll be releasing a podcast memoir this fall, and you can find a link to her at our website. To see a photo of Midge the Chihuahua, visit cbc.ca slash loveme. Love Me is produced, edited, and mixed by Mira Burt-Wintonic and Crystal Duhame. Original theme music by Tim Kingsbury. Scoring music by Murray Lightburn. Subscribe to the podcast at cbc.ca slash loveme or wherever you listen to podcasts. I think I know what owl sounds like. Oh, it's a vision now. It's a bird flying away. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.